Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. I promise next week David Malukas will actually join as co-host. We have had some scheduling conflicts come up and also apologize for no episode last week on the IndyCar side because my recording was terrible and by the time I realized that, I was not home to re-record the start. Anyway, life moves on. Let's start with a non-racing question to start the episode. You know, Halloween's right around the corner. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Christmas is right around the corner. New Year's Eve is right around the corner. So it's kind of like holiday time. What holiday? Pick a holiday and tell me what IndyCar driver would be best to celebrate said holiday with. So non-racing, racing question. And I literally thought of that as I was asking it. I didn't know where I was going with that one. I feel like New Year's Eve is just yeah. like a drinking like celebration. You ring in the new year. So I don't know. I'm, I think that Scott McLaughlin would probably be fun to throw a few drinks back with and hang okay. out with for New Year's. I could, I could see I him getting a little bit rowdy. I haven't gone out on New Year's Eve since like 2014 i hate going out on new year's eve like i don't mind like having a, a drink or two at, at home but actually like partying like no yeah no. leave me alone yeah i'm usually at home with friends probably like i'll have people over or go to someone's house instead of yeah i remember the good old days i guess we could call them where it was like oh let's go out to Hell a club no. yeah or like a, a bar and it's just crowded and i don't like people enough to want to be around wall-to-wall people at at midnight on a cold probably cold night okay so i will pick hmm i'm gonna say halloween and i am going to say with there's kind of two ways i want to take this there's the i want to pick santino ferrucci because he's kind of like well a returning to indycar and b everybody's favorite villain because you know everybody still vilifies him for things that happened years ago or yes yes or b alex rossi because i feel like he he would be one that gets really into like decorating like his front yard or his house or whatever you know with like or like you know make it almost like a haunted house sort of thing so that would be kind of the other angle i could take on that one but i'll take the ferrucci one because that that's just i'm just in that kind of mood this week but yeah let's uh let's let's dive into the news and since we talked about it aj foyt racing has solidified its lineup for 2023 there is still a potential for a third car but let's start let's start with ben peterson he moves up from indy lights it's kind of a safe bet you know he's probably not going to, I mean, especially in a Foyt car, maybe challenge for a win or maybe a top five even, but he doesn't really, he he can bring a car home in one piece at the end of the weekend and do pretty well. So, I'm like Kirk <laughs> scared with that one. <laughs> Who I like and who's extremely talented, but he did not have a good showing with that yes. aspect of his driving last season. This past season. Or this, yeah. yeah. Fair point. So, you know, any any Ben Peterson thoughts? I know we kind of talked about it on the episode that we ended up having to scrap because of my recording issues, but 
<laughs> yeah, I was having deja vu. I was like, did we already discuss this? It's like, oh, we did, but it just got ruined. Uh, I, I think, like you said, he, he's a good pick for them because I, I know that it's a multi-year deal. I think he's probably bringing some funding with him. I don't know for sure, but his dad is, what, the head of the Global Racing Group? Yes. Company? Yes. So I don't know if his dad has, like, some other businesses that he's involved in or if he's got family money. But, I mean, hey, they had Dalton Kellett for a long time, who is seems like a great dude, but obviously he was a known quantity with where he was going to go yep. in terms of results and driving. And that wasn't going to be much further up the grid than we've already seen um, because also I don't think that the Foyt equipment has developed very far. I mean, maybe Kyle Kirkwood is going to leave it better off than he when he got there but i mean you need like a board a type it seemed like to get any type of solid result out of those cars but benjamin peterson has won in delights i mean he's a winner in the road to indy dalton kellett never was so i view this as an improvement because maybe he's shown more and i think that he's just gonna develop i mean maybe he won't turn out to be a champion who knows but I could see him as like a solid driver for them to move forward. Yeah, with. I, he's also choice. a very smart kid. You know, he's, he's very good talking about what he wants out of the car. So I think it's it's definitely an improvement. Now, their other driver who... Now, we don't know what number car Ben Peterson is driving. We do know what number Santino Ferrucci is driving. He's driving the legendary number 14 next year. Ferrucci was confirmed... So we are recording. It's Friday morning. So he was confirmed yesterday, Thursday. Depending on what you think of him is what you think of AJ Foyt racing next year. But long story short, Ferrucci is back full-time in IndyCar after two years as part-time doing a a couple Indy 500s, a couple other races last year for Ray Hall, some Xfinity races and whatnot. And as everybody likes to remind us, in 2020, he also was a nuisance on iRacing because some for some reason we still care about iRacing from 2020. That was the fun thing I saw on Twitter yesterday. He did. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, we should crash Lando." That. Like everybody got all worked up about him being a yeah, you know, pushing people's buttons in a video game. Okay, I thought it was. Good. I was like, I don't remember him <laughs> dropping a racial slur. No, on an, no, I racing. <laughs> that was before yeah, that, which like, still likes to bring up. So Santino Ferrucci, we and you know we he will be on the show in a couple weeks. I I was talking to him yesterday afternoon, and to Foyt to make it official. Obviously, made mistakes in the past. Things happened. Whatever. If you want the last time he talked about it on record. Go find the episode he did with Marshall Pruitt at one point a couple years ago. It's never going to come up again. No interest in talking about it again. But also, that was five years ago. While he he might be a bit of an ass, and he might be the rightful new IndyCar villain, he's also probably changed since then. And I have talked to the guy on more than one occasion each year over the last couple years, and... I don't think he's the same guy he was in 2016. I wasn't the same guy I was in 2016 for many reasons. 
so you know why why can't he change you know why is it Kyle Larson royally screwed up and now everybody is a Kyle yep. Larson fan and I happen to like Kyle Larson mainly because Sam and I have an, a joke about how to pronounce Kyle Larson's name in a hick in a, in a hick in a in like a southern twang sort of way which is really fun but that's like totally you know, not funny for the episode but it's just like why do we why do we keep coming back to things that happened five years ago he made mistakes he owned up we move on he didn't he didn't hurt anybody he made he made listen he made mistakes yeah, I mean, that's that's fair and he acknowledged that in pruitt's interview a few years ago but to keep saying like he doesn't need to be an indy car because of that is really silly if you're gonna say like sorry to mean to cut you off if you're gonna say like oh he he's way too aggressive he's too much of a risk taker and i don't like that okay fine that's that's your prerogative that's understandable but yeah i'll let you go now i just i mean i'm not gonna support what he did or condone his actions and his behavior from that incident and neither of us are doing that but I mean, it's just kind of hypocritical to me when, like you said, we can forgive Kyle Larson for dropping a racial slur when that's one of the things that I think people still hold a grudge uh, against Santino for doing with his teammate in... Yes. Was that F2? Yes, that was a mistake. Or F3. And then he also supposedly used his car as a weapon, which they say... But, like, Will Power just did that with (laughs) Devlin DeFrancesco at Road America, and we didn't even bat an eyelash, really. So... I think that there's just like this hate for Santino that is, I mean, if you don't like him, you don't like him. I'm not trying to preach to you and say that you need to change your, your mind about him. I mean, I don't know him very well, but I also think it's just a waste of time to continue to bring up those past mistakes. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily need to follow him for his whole career because like you said, that was many years ago now. And if we can forgive people for other actions that are similarly as bad, then why can't we do the same with him? I don't think it's really like woke or cool to just kind of like crap on him and like continue to hold a grudge about that stuff when you're really being kind of closed minded and judging him based probably on one incident that we have some facts about, but we, I don't think we've ever really gotten the full story at this point. I don't think he owes it to us either. So now that we've rambled on about that, I'm very excited to see how he does as an aggressive driver in a Foyt car. I, I, I don't think being that he has 43 races of IndyCar experience, I don't think you'll see some of the Kirkwood like mistakes, but you'll see the Kirkwood like aggression that, you know, that, that they both display and, yeah, he might pull out a, a top ten on occasion. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be tough, and I'm I'm curious, kind of, his take on expectation. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. 
I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. going into the 2023 seasons in a Foyt car you know what can he what does he expect and and what does he you know what is a a reasonable ceiling for the team next year but we will certainly ask him yeah I think he's gonna be a contender of some sort maybe for top tens I don't know uh, on the ovals for sure I mean we've seen how he can perform pretty much you just throw him in anything on the ovals and he's gonna be there and he's gonna bring it home so I, I imagine that's very important for AJ, especially his 500 results. And, you know, it may be a little bit tougher for him on the road courses, um, especially because I don't think the Foyt cars are especially strong yeah. there. But, hey, I mean, he is back in IndyCar now after two years away, and I think you take the opportunity that you have. And, I mean, it, again, it's not a no, bad not signing at all. for them. not at all. This is somebody who... He's, he's sort of a known quantity, and uh, I mean, it's somebody that I think they have room to grow with more than uh, the drivers that they really had this year, other than, I mean, Kirkwood, obviously they can't have him next year. So yeah, you've got pretty two pretty good, I'd say, replacements for the drivers yeah. that are leaving. So we've got that. What else do we have? Oh, McLaren. I'll let you intro that. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so we've got like a bunch of mclaren news because apparently that's what they like to do i guess is just kind of always be in the news and be talked about and it's kind of interesting i mean zach brown definitely brings excitement and he's not afraid to speak out so i'll give him props for that but we have found out that gavin ward who is joseph newgarden's former uh race engineer right or a strategist um has the basically the job that Taylor Kyle, I believe, had. So he's the racing director at Aero yep. McLaren SP next season. And then um, we have found out that Brian Barnhart, and I don't remember like what general his title manager is going to be. Yeah, but it's believed, I think, that he's going to kind of transfer over with Alexander Rossi and be on his stand. As I he don't had think Barnhart did that bad of a job for Rossi strategy-wise last year. Do you? No, I actually think that Rossi um, had more difficulty when Rob Edwards yeah, was his yeah, after, yeah, yeah, that's a good point, especially the last two years previous to this one. But 
Yeah, some people just yeah. don't mesh together. I mean, I mean, Rob Edwards is obviously skilled, but if you don't mesh or something doesn't work, then then it's just not going to. So Brian Barnhart, I think that's going to be a good thing for Rossi to bring over somebody that has already been on his team and knows him a little bit. Make that adjustment Agreed. easier. Pelo, you have that McLaren. Oh, yeah. So it's been rumored, yeah, that Pelo is going to be there in 2024. Um, who the <laughs> f knows? If that is the truth or not, I mean, until we hear it from either Chip Ganassi or Polo himself, I'm not buying it because somebody keeps leaking this crap and or or I don't know, talking and who knows if any of it's true. But that would mean that they would probably have four cars in the future and and, um, McLaren is open to that. But also McLaren news, I just remembered. Kyle Busch is out of contention for, with them for the Indy 500. He's not doing it next year, we, so we can put that to bed. But apparently, Tony Kanaan might be, uh, I guess, driving with them for for next yeah the Indy 500. No, he didn't for say Ganassi, Ganassi or McLaren like or anything. It would make sense if it was McLaren, potentially, you know, as as a fourth car that's experienced for the 500 next year, but. Yeah, the Polo thing, I mean, I know his contract is finally, officially, definitely up with Ganassi after 2023. Why we're talking about it now, like who's leaking it a year in advance, or I guess 11 months in advance, is beyond me, and it's a little exhausting that we're like still talking about the same thing, and I thought just for like two weeks we could actually just talk about how we're excited that Alex Polo will have a full season next year without drama and now we've added drama right back into it in a way so that is that kyle bush couldn't care less about kyle bush i really want to see not to go back to him i really want to see kyle (laughs) larson in the indy 500 next year fair okay that'd be cool i kind of agree i mean kyle bush is obviously talented and he's very well known and People either love him or hate him. He's kind of the Santino Ferrucci of NASCAR, I guess you could say, where he's polarizing figure. But yeah, I, I don't really, I don't need to see him in the 500. I'd rather see Kyle Larson or some yeah. other guys actually that are in NASCAR come over. But I did want to say real quick that this Polo thing, would you, if I were Alex, knowing the fractious relationship that you already have with Ganassi that you're probably trying to mend a little bit before you go into another season with them would you want them to know right now that you're leaving after that one year like would you want to tell your team that oh no like yeah this this legal issue like we have to work together for one more year but after that yeah it's still frustrating I and I don't know. At one point, at one one side, I can see like, yeah, now there's just going to be this like lingering cloud over us all year. On the other hand, at least Ganassi has a long time to go into finding a Polo replacement. They can start early work on sponsors and and what have you. I mean, it's probably too early to start that, but at least they know well in advance of when they need to start. So I can kind of see both sides, but yeah, it's still frustrating. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll keep updating, I guess, because this is the news. But I, like you, am getting tired of talking about it. Yes, same. Do we have anything else? 
Um, I think. Oh yeah, that uh, Augustine yeah. Canapino, who is I guess uh, a stock car driver or Argentina. Um, yeah, with con- yeah with connections to um, Ricardo Juncos, is going to do several days this month, I believe, in October, right? Of a demonstration of IndyCar in Argentina. So I don't know if this is going to go anywhere. I remember a few years ago when apparently Ricardo Juncos was in talks with IndyCar and some people in Argentina about bringing a race there. That would be cool. I'm happy to see it. Maybe this will create some buzz and some interest about IndyCar in Argentina. So it can only really be a good thing for them to just go try this out and see what happens. Yeah, I was trying to think of like something grander to say, but I think Canapino had a seat fitting for might have been for IndyCar like before Yunkos disappeared the first time a couple years ago. And like we saw he had the seat fitting and then just like Yunkos went away and you know we all know the rest that happened there. So I I know nothing about him other than that, and apparently drives stock cars somewhere in South America, I guess. But all right, let's let's. I have one yeah. other piece of news yeah, actually so, I just remembered. All right, let's let's do it. Uh, we've got Jake oh, yeah. Dennis, who is a Formula E driver for Avalanche Andretti. He's going to test um, one of the Andretti Indy cars at Sebring. I believe at the same time that Tom Blomquist, who just helped Meyer Shank to the IMSA championship, uh, is going to be testing, right, at Sebring? Yes, they are both testing, I believe, what I heard was the same, like the, the, the same testing program, same, same day. So, cool for Jake, not cool for my buddy Toby Sowery, not telling me what was going on when I asked. Also, just, that's complete sarcasm, by the way. Um so, yeah, I, what I'm most curious about is, so this is an you know, ev- evaluation day. Usually teams will use one of their like current drivers or about-to-be drivers to kind of get a feel for it. But in this case, you know, MSR is using Blomquist, who's not going to be an IndyCar next year. Andretti is using Jake Dennis, who, unless Andretti is adding another car, is not going to be an IndyCar next year. He signed multiple year deal, okay. I think, to be in Formula E with them. I guess they, I mean, I guess it's the same entity. So maybe they could just like shift him over and that it's a contract with Andretti and they want to move him to IndyCar. But he's been so good in Formula E and like leading that team that I don't yeah, know why they Yeah, do. that's that's fair. I didn't know. I couldn't remember his contract situation. So, you know, just kind of curious. And they're both very talented drivers. What kind of feedback they can give the team that will help for 2023. And that's the only thing. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad move. It's just an interesting move. Colton Herta also uh, signed an extension. Yeah. Didn't yeah. He? That's good. <laughs> I, I have nothing. Yeah. To I don't, I don't know the details of that and I don't know how to react either because Cause there's, because there's still going to be 16 know, more herd out of F1 rumors over the next two to three years of this yeah. contract because there's still exactly. an out for him to get into F1. If Andretti ever gets into F1, he's still on the McLaren testing contract thing. So has all that much really changed with this extension? I don't think so. 
No, and I, I we don't know how long yes, it is. It's but I multi, think it's a multi-year it's, it's, extension. I think it's two years, like starting next year. No, okay. no, I last mean, last year was supposed to be so the next year is supposed to be the last year of his contract. I think it's two years on top of that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so until twenty twenty five, basically. So we'll see him, I mean, continue with Andretti. So then we don't have to worry about him being poached by Errol McLaren or like going to Penske or Ganassi. We don't have to make those speculative rumors. But yeah, like you said, there's still going to be this whole herder to F1 talk, even though that just seems to fizzle out every single time that anyone makes mention of it. Well, next week we will have Mr. Malukas on. We will kind of just recap his season and talk about next year talk about hmd and i don't know how much news will come up between its launch time on friday and when we tentatively are due to record monday afternoon so (laughs) we will see there (laughs) but anyway hope everybody enjoys the weekend if you're at sro later today for the indy eight hour I will be there. I think I'm just going to I think we're just going for the first couple hours. I don't really want to sit there for 8 hours if I'm being totally honest with you, but we're, gonna, we're Sam and I are going to go for a couple hours and enjoy F1 if you watch it. Oh, IndyCar IndyCar drivers are all over the Roval this weekend. Marco and Sage Karam are racing the Xfinity race on Saturday and Connor Daly is making his NASCAR Cup debut on Sunday with one 20-minute practice before the race. So that's pretty wild, but I, I don't know if I'm going to build <laughs> don't know if I'm going to be able to watch Xfinity on Saturday. But I will definitely sit down and watch the Cup race on Sunday to see how Connor does. So I that's all I got. Everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 